Hey, hey, mama. Welcome to today's episode. So today I'm talking to you guys about how we've prepared ourselves to start school. School for us is going to start on next week, and it'll be a combination of our oldest being enrolled in her public school so she can do her 11th grade year, and her 12th grade year will allow her to finish with public school, and then having the two-year-old at home, and then having the seven-year-old go into the second grade, and the 13-year-old go into the eighth grade. So I've been talking a lot about the homeschooling and sharing about that. And I've got a lot of questions about what we have tactically done to prepare ourselves for next week. So I wrote some notes down, which I normally don't do, but I wanted to make sure that you walked away with something that was super objective. Uh, I will say that we started preparing for this in March, in spring break. Um, my husband and I got on the same page, decided what was going to happen for the new school year. We didn't wait on the public school system because I, my patients are just not set up that way. And as an entrepreneur working from home right now with these kids, I needed as much control as possible in this situation to make sure that, one, I was creating a stable environment that would support me being able to work and them being able to learn that didn't add stress when school started again, because quite frankly, March to June was a stressful situation. I've never been so excited for school to be over. But now uh, I am excited for school to start. And I know that this is not the case for a lot of parents. So today, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working from home still, and you've chosen to educate your kids from home, whether that be them enrolled in public school, but just learning virtually, or if you decided to homeschool, I'm hoping that I can share some insight into four really, it's really four things that we did to help um, us get ready for this moment that's about to happen on next week with these kids going back into a learning environment. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. As always, if you have questions, feel free to shoot them to me over on Instagram. I'm going to do better about posting my question polls in my Insta story specifically to the episodes, both on the day that they drop and the day after, so that if you have questions specifically about the episodes, you can run to my stories, drop your question, and I can answer them maybe in an IG live or a follow-up post. Uh, but worst case scenario, just hit the link in the show notes, go to the actual episode on my blog and leave your questions there in the comments. So that's what today's episode is about, how we prepare to work and educate our kids from home starting as soon as next week. You're listening to the Her 360 podcast created for boss moms and wives committed to slaying their family and professional goals. You could say this show is the intersection of being a really good boss a really good mom, and a really good wife, and doing them all on your own terms. Together, we'll have unfiltered conversations with moms from across the world about what it really takes to have the life you dream about. Kay has designed this show to be a safe place for honesty, vulnerability, and empowerment to support one another as we boldly go after life's dreams, tear down old ideologies that keep us hostage, and as we pursue our own modern definitions of success. If you're an ambitious boss mom looking for a community that supports you while you continue to evolve into the woman that you and everyone else loves, then stick around because you're already amongst a good group of girlfriends.
Now, let's jump into today's episode. All right, so the first thing that we did to prepare for school to start again was back at the beginning of the summer, we had a conversation with the kids and told them what was going to happen in August. Um, I can kind of foresee when stuff is just not going to be worked out. And if you haven't noticed yet, I don't have a lot of faith in the public school system. And I realized that they weren't going to be able to plan to to make me comfort, (laughs) to my comfort, at least, uh, what they were going to be able to do to protect their kids in such a short period of time. And when cases started rising and it started to be an issue where we thought as a state we were going to be shut back down, we just called it what it was. We had already determined that we were going to homeschool the two younger ones. We were going to allow our high schooler to go to the campus if things progressed just a little bit more, but we exonate that and she will be learning virtually as well. So in June, before they went off to their grandfather's house, we had a conversation with them and said, hey, you know, now that you know you're homeschooling, um, this is what homeschooling is going to look like. And we explained the process to them. We were very inclusive um, in making sure they understood exactly what to expect as far as their education and as far as just the shift, because this is very new. My daughter and I were laughing about it this morning. She's like, mommy, this is so funny because I'll get to go through all of my school life in the public school system. EJ, which is my 13 year old, will have went through half of his school life in the public school system. Morgan got a good year uh, or two, you know, and then Summer will never go to school. This is so hilarious to see how we have all experienced school in a different way. But she was able to put those dots together because we had very clear conversations with them about what was going to happen. So while we are the parents, I did feel like it was necessary in order to make sure that this process went smoothly, that I communicated with all of the kids, Morgan, Elijah, and Jordan, about what they were getting ready to experience as far as school was concerned, why daddy and mommy had made the decisions that they had made, and what they felt about it. So we had a family meeting, a family conversation. We talked about it. We allowed them to express their concerns. We allowed them to ask their questions. We allow, I asked for feedback, you know, so mama's going to turn the space upstairs into your classroom. What would you want in your classroom? If you could learn however you wanted to learn, what does that look like? Now, my kids vary in age, right? They're 16, 13, and seven. And I know that some of you all have younger children. So to have this conversation with like a four-year-old probably wouldn't make sense. But if your kids are of age to have a conversation where they have a little bit of understanding, kids understand more than we give them credit for, um, talk to them about what's going on. Hey, you know, baby, with everything that's going on, mommy doesn't think it's safe for you to go to school right now. So while you're going to be enrolled in your school, you're going to see your teacher, you're going to be doing that experience from home. What do you want that to look like? My seven-year-old was able to very clearly articulate to me Um, what she wanted to see in her classrooms. Uh, She said that she wanted a beanbag and that she wanted to be able to take naps during the day because she sometimes gets tired at school and she wanted to be able to do all of these things. So I got them excited about it. It wasn't a stressful thing. And I know this is hard for some of us as parents because this is hard to get excited about something that you're not used to. We thought that in March we would have a resolve right now I know that the school districts have not been able to properly plan, you know, things change at the last minute, day by day, there's something different. So I know that that's really difficult, 
But as a parent, if we're stressed, that stress transfers to our kids. And I did not need this to be stressful because I just can't handle any more stress in my life. I, I needed this to be something that was smooth. And I knew that explaining to the kids what was happening, what daddy and I were thinking and getting their feedback about the process would lower their anxiety about it and would allow us to be able to plan effectively for them because they weren't caught off guard. If you've got three-year-olds and four-year-olds, pre-K, kindergarten, first graders, you can get them excited too. Like I said, kids, Morgan's going to the second grade. You know, she's not far removed from a kindergartner. Kids get, they understand what we give them. We don't give kids the credit that they're due. Kids can learn what we teach them, no matter at what age. So even if you have a young child, a pre-K child, a kindergarten child, it's very important that you explain to them, yes, baby, mommy is working from home and you're going to be learning with your teacher from home. But in order for this to be a good day, we've got to create rules so that you can enjoy school and mommy can work. I cannot stress the importance of making sure that there's structure, even at the young ages, because a lot of us as parents feel like, oh, my three-year-old's not going to sit down. My four-year-old's not going to sit down. Or we come up with all of this guilt because we've got to put rigid boundaries in place. But the reality is, is if we don't set these boundaries for the kids, the kids don't have a true expectation of what is to come and it makes it harder for you to perform as an employee, as a business owner, as a parent. So having these conversations allows you to set up boundaries with your children. It allows you to set up expectations with your kids. And the sooner you can do this, the sooner you can start to practice on implementing it so that it becomes a routine for the kids. Kids love routines. They love structures. They love rules. And if you follow the rules, if you set them and stick to them, they will follow them as well. So that was one of the first things that we had to do is we had to prep the house for what was about to happen. We had to lay down ground rules, set some expectations, get some feedback so that we can answer any reservations that the kids may have. Um, we really wanted to make sure that it was conversational. So we knew how they felt and we knew what to address according to their feelings and we knew how to enforce the boundaries starting as soon as possible. For some of you all, you might have thought that your kids were going to be able to return back to school. You thought that things might be a little bit different now. They might be young and need a little bit more of your attention. Um, you may not be as fortunate as I am. And believe it or not, even though I have a 16 year old, she still has to go to school like she's enrolled in public school. So her schedule is a lot more rigid than the 13 year old and the 17 year old are. So I really don't have her during the day to babysit or watch her siblings. She has to go to school to get her own education done. So I'm in the same boat as you are because I have a two year old at home. So as I'm talking about this, I had to consider everybody, including Summer, including the oldest one. Okay. So it was prepping the kids. Of course, Summer doesn't understand this type of conversation, but for my older children, I had to set the expectation for Summer. When we get down to step three of what I did, it kind of accommodates for her. Uh, but right now, the first thing that we did was prep the older kids and set the expectations and the ground, rule, the ground rules for what was getting ready to happen. Uh, the second thing that we did is we created a learning environment. Uh, I, 
I, you know, shared on Instagram that we were actually turning our upstairs into a classroom. And that's because our intent is to homeschool. And so we turned our upstairs into a game room slash classroom. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to go out and flip a room in your house, but I am saying that you need to identify a space in your home that you can dedicate to the learning for your kid. If your kid is enrolled in public school and will be learning virtually, they're going to need a place free of distraction so that they can focus on the work that the teacher is assigning and focus on participating in class like they need to, because in March it was survival mode. Um, and I heard some education, some educators say this. Our church did an interview last week with some educators in March, March. They were just focusing on getting through the school year this year. They're actually holding the kids to an academic standard that they weren't held to before when they went out. So it's going to be really important as a parent that we create an environment for them to be successful in, even if it's not the environment that like you thought it should be. Right. I know for a lot of us parents are like, crap, you know, I'm trying to work. I need to focus with my baby here, especially those of you that have younger kids. I completely understand summers, too. And it's it's very hard um, to keep her entertained on her own. It's hard for her not to want me. So all of this applies to me as well. But for the older children that can self self-sustain, like a pre-K kid can self-sustain for a couple of hours. Uh, you are going to have to give as a parent. We'll talk about that in a little bit. This is, is this is going to require you to be flexible and to bend just a little bit. But as much stability as you can create inside of your home is going to be beneficial to the learning for the kids. So even if you create an environment that is not specifically to what they're used to, like if it's a, a space in your office, if it's in the bedroom, if it's in the den, if it's in the living room, wherever, it doesn't really matter. Just dedicate the space to the kid to learn and explain to them that this is their learning area. So if they have something that needs their undivided attention, they can give it, they can do it in this space. And it doesn't have to look like a traditional classroom. Like our kids have bean bags. Um, they've set up nap spaces. Like we've really given them the freedom. And I think this is an opportune time to give kids the freedom and flexibility and choosing how they learn. And you'll be surprised at what they're able to absorb when their environments are supportive of something that is conducive to their learning style. So creating that space for them is going to be important. And it doesn't have to be something that's fancy like ours, right? It just needs to be something that the, the, your baby understands is for them for a specific purpose of learning. And if they need that space, it is there for them. Again, for older kids, this is a lot easier to manage through, but Morgan's in the second grade. She's not that self-sufficient. Like she's still going to need help with work. She's still going to need my attention. She still loses focus. She don't want to sit down. Like those are still things that are very real for her. She's only seven years old. So it's not like she's a big girl just because she's in the second grade. She still has things that she has to work through, which require me to stop what I'm doing every once in a while and be like, hey, Morgan, it's time to get back on track. So even if you have a four-year-old, a five-year-old that you're getting ready to have to assist in the learning process, it is what it is, right? We can't change it, so we can't complain about it. We just have to make the best of it. And our kids ultimately are the ones that are going to be affected by whatever we do or don't do. And it's our responsibility as our parents, not the schools, to make sure that they are learning in an environment that's safe for them, that provides security, and that is in, 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 uh, conducive to them being able to absorb as much of the information that they can as possible. Because again, they're being held to regular standards, even 
even though they are not in the physical classroom. So creating a space for your kids to learn is going to be very, very important. The sooner you get this uh, idea down and find a space, identify a few spaces. Um, but as soon as you can identify some spaces and create, maybe you have to move some stuff around. Maybe you have to move some stuff to the garage. You know, getting creative about how you create the space is going to be what's going to help your baby be successful. And it's going to create a more peaceful and less stressful environment for you when you know that this is the area that is going to be used to educate my baby. You know, we're going to spend our time here, so on and so forth. So create a space for them to learn in so that they know what to expect and you know what to expect and it is less stressful. Okay. Um, after you've created the space, here's where your flexibility has to come in. Okay. And I know this part is the part that's really, really hard, but for me, I adjusted my schedule. So starting Monday, I don't have any meetings before a certain time of day, no meetings before 12 o'clock. If somebody needs my time, that's clients, potential clients, whatever, they all have to get it after 12 o'clock because my mornings are dedicated to making sure this house (laughs) gets started the way that it needs to get started and that these kids are learning the way that they need to learn. That's the plan for right now. School might start and things might have to change. But for right now, I have adjusted the way that I work in order to accommodate them being at home and having to learn from home. I'm my second graders teacher. I'm my eighth graders teacher. I'm the facilitator of their learning. I have to make sure that they have access to the curriculum, to the virtual programs that they are part of so that they're present. Technology is working. They're actually paying attention. Like I'm the facilitator of this process. And in order for me to facilitate this process effectively, I cannot have division in my focus. I've got to be focused. So I had to determine that, you know what, I'm going to have to adjust my schedule. And you might be saying, "Kay, I work for a job. You know, I'm working from home, but I'm still on a schedule. Now might be a great time for you to go to your employer if they haven't already made accommodations for you to say, hey, listen, I know, you know, just like all of the other companies in the world know that we are parents and we're working from home. How can I be a great employee for you and still have the time that I need in order to make sure my child is taken care of? Because these are the things that I'm coming up with and come with some suggestions can I flex? Can I flex my schedule? Can I start working at this time? Can I start working later? Can I stop working later? Can I have an additional set amount of breaks? If you're in control of your schedule, you need to control your schedule today, now, because it's not going to be you can just do things as you were and not have to be flexible in your time. You're going to have to create the space to be the facilitator of your child's learning. Even if they're enrolled in public school, the teachers are going to need your support. They're not in your house, especially for those of us that have younger kids. Morgan's teacher is not here with her. She cannot classroom manage like she would if she was in the classroom. And because I've chosen to make sure that Morgan is at home, um, that, well, it ain't even really got nothing to do with Morgan because she's not enrolled in public school, but let's just say Morgan was, right? Your second graders teacher is not in your house. 
So you are the parent and you have to make sure that your child is paying attention. They're showing up in class. They're getting their work done. However, your school is mandating their participation. You're going to have to be the facilitator of that participation. Does it suck? Maybe. But do you have a choice? No, not really. So are you going to be upset about it and keep your baby from doing well because you don't want to adjust because you're bucking the system? Or are you going to take the information that you have and make an educated decision on how you can be flexible in your time to make sure your child is getting what they need from their educational system, whether that be enrolled in a public school and learning virtually or you homeschooling them? As a parent, I think it's so important that we don't forget that we are partners with the education system if we've decided to send our kids to public school. They are not the parents of our children. We do that. And while it may seem that right now we are out, we don't have much control over the decisions that are being made as far as the education process is concerned, we are also not the administrators of the school district. We are the parents. So when you have an opportunity to give your feedback in normal environments, then you need to take the opportunity to do that. But now that you know what the expectations are, now you have a decision to make and you have to make a decision that is in the best interest of the learning environment for your child so that they're not held back and that they don't feel stress in this very stressful environment. So if you have young children, you've probably already made the adjustments because it's been the summertime. So they hadn't been able to go to school all summer. So it's not like this is new. You might be tired of making the adjustments, but the adjustments have to continue to be made until we get out of this situation. And that job lies on us. So becoming flexible in your schedule or asking for the flexibility in your schedule is going to be key. I don't think employers are so out of tune with what's happening that if you're working for an employer virtually, that you don't have the flexibility or they won't try to work with you in order to create the flexibility that you need to parent your child. I get that. And I understand that some jobs require a lot of your attention, but you know, you're a parent first, uh, a spouse, a person, and then you are the employee to that company. And in order for you to be the best employee, I guarantee you, you do better if you know that you have the confidence that you are parenting your children well. At least I do. If you're in a situation where you're like, my job is just not flexible, so on and so forth, then maybe it's time for you to think about alternatives to how to get out of that situation and create a different working situation for yourself so that you can be available to your kids. We're in a time of crisis. We're in a time of a global pandemic. Um, Everybody everywhere has to be flexible. Everybody everywhere is thinking about their own best interests. So you can't expect your employer to know what's best for you if you've never asked for it. So this particularly is probably going to be more difficult for someone that is actually working for someone than for those of us that run our own businesses. As an entrepreneur, you may want to work from sunup to sundown, but that's just not the reality right now. Flex your schedule to what works for you. My schedule is flexed to the afternoon because that's what works for my house. If whatever works for you, you need to sit down, create a plan with your spouse, identify who's going to do what, like what is he going to do? What are you going to do? What is she going to do? So on and so forth. Come up with a plan together 
and then flex the two of you all schedule if you can. My husband works a nine to five. He leaves the house every single day. He is not a part of the homeschool plan because he's not here. That falls on me. So in order to make this work, I had to identify what are my work needs? Do I need to hire somebody to do work that I normally would have the time to do? Do I need to outsource that work to someone else? Uh, I can be very transparent with you and tell you that when Summer came home from daycare, I reallocated those funds to freelancers to help me get work that needed to get done. done. Okay, so I looked at the budget. I looked at what I could afford. I looked at what was very necessary in my business for me to do and what I could outsource. And the things that I could outsource, I outsourced them. And the things that I had to do, I figured out when I needed to get them done, how much time that was going to require. And I allocated that time in my calendar to be able to get that done. It required me to create new products in some cases, which we can have a whole conversation about later. It required me to take some services away because I couldn't effectively offer them in this season right now. And I got okay with that. But I sat down and I looked at what my responsibilities would be to the business and what my responsibilities would be as my children's educator. And I came up with a system and a strategy and a plan to manage that process as the business owner and the educator as far as time was concerned and as far as responsibilities were concerned so that I could be free half of the day and work for the other half of the day. Uh, By the time I start working, the 16-year-old will be around lunchtime. She gets out maybe two, three o'clock. By the time the baby gets up from her nap, she'll have maybe an hour or so left with school. The seven-year-old and the 13-year-old will be finished with school by then. So they'll be available to keep the two-year-old for me and life goes on. I'll work from 12 to 5, Monday through Thursday, and that's the schedule. And that's just what it's got to be right now in order for me to make sure these kids are learning like they need to learn and I'm able to work like I need to work. So there was a lot of flexibility in flexing our schedule and understanding, like, again, evaluating what needed to be done from a work standpoint, what needed to be done at home and evaluating what type of time I had and finding other ways to get those things done. Um, And then after that, I notified my customers. I told each and every one of my customers, which all of them know I have children. I think that's a selling point um, with my customers. And because they know I have children, I just told them, hey, you know, we're homeschooling. They knew what the plan was. I've communicated this plan along the road. So they knew what the plan was. And now that the plan is in place, um, the plan goes into effect on Monday and everybody's clear on what's going to happen. And I can move into them starting school with little stress because we've at least facilitated some type of strategy on how we're going to do this. Is this foolproof? No. Uh Am I expecting it to go off perfectly? Absolutely not. I am expecting things to happen. Um, But for me, I needed the confidence in knowing I'm a strategic person. So I build sales funnels. That's nothing but logic, right? If this happens, then this happens. So I have strategically looked at these scenarios and come up with contingencies based off of any scenarios that I could think of because my mind works in logic. Um, but I also am realistic and understand that these are kids. Um, stuff is changing with the school. So things are one way with my 16-year-old right now. They might be something different by the time Monday gets here. Who knows, right? So I try not to 
take things so seriously. Um, and I am, I've created a strategy for the house. Everybody's bought in on it and we're just going to implement this and we're going to roll with the punches. Um, I think if I have learned nothing else in this season, I have learned about being flexible, uh, about having a strategy, but not being so married to it that I block myself from being able to be productive because things have just got to go this way. Nothing's going any of our ways right now. So I've gotten over the need to control every single thing. And I've put strategy in place to help me manage a process that's so very fluctuating day by day. So that's a part of what has helped us um, get this done. And I'm hoping that this will at least give you a starting point in your own home. If you're still at the point now where school's about to start and you don't know what the heck to do. So prepare your kids, talk to them, give them the information. They can take more than what you you think they can. Uh, Create a learning space, adjust your schedule and notify the people that need to be notified. For me, it was my uh, it was my customers. For you, it might be your employer, whatever, um, and figure out a way to make this work for your house. So I'm not stressed about school now. I've, I've, it is what it is. Uh, I've made up in my mind what we're going to do. Everybody's learning from home this year. Nobody's going back to the school until one, either COVID's gone. We're not taking the vaccine. The first round that it comes out, nobody got time for that. We are not the test dummies. So there'll be plenty of rounds of that vaccine that go around before we even think about a vaccine. Um, and so this just is I'm, I'm in control of this right now. I'm in control of the way my kids learn. Uh, they're going to learn at the pace that they're supposed to learn. We're going to grow together in this process. None of us have been here before and we will all learn through it together. But at least I have some confidence in a system that I have halfway created for ourselves to say, OK, this is how we're going to execute this. Everybody clear on what you need to do. OK, great break. (laughs) Let's go do it. Huddle over. Uh, So hopefully that provided some some tactical advice on some things that you can do if you are still unclear on how you are going to handle this whole back to school thing this year. Again, if you've got questions, drop them over uh, in my Instagram stories. I'll have a post up in my Instagram stories. You can just answer the actual question deal there and I'll try to get back with answers uh, before next week. But Guys, listen, I know this is tough. It's hard. It's challenging. It's been challenging for months now. And it's going to be it's not over. It's not anywhere close to over. So if you are stressed in this, you know, and it's beyond what you can manage on your own, I highly recommend you getting with somebody to talk to somebody. But outside of that, just take the pressure off. Like I heard Jamal Bryant, he did a, uh, our church's anniversary was this summer and he did the sermon on that Sunday for our church. And he made a very good point. He said, you know, when we're at war, nobody's worried about going back to school, right? We're not worried about how our kids are going to learn. We're worried about how we're going to survive. If there's a natural disaster, hurricane, tornado, something like that, we're not worried about how our kids are going to go to school. We're worried about how we're going to survive. So now that we're in a global pandemic, this is a war on our health. Why are we so concerned about when our kids are going to be going back to school instead of the livelihood and the quality of life that we can control right now? So quit tripping on a little stuff, y'all. Like this is, it's not that deep. I know 
that you probably, my kids get on my nerves too. I know y'all think I love my kids to the moon and back. I do, but they drive me crazy too. I want my alone time. I want to be able to do things in my life the way that I want them to do it, but that's not where we are right now. And school is not going to change that. Sending them to a building is not going to change that. It might give you a few hours without them every day, but the reality is, is that it does not change it. So whether you believe that the virus is real, whether you believe that kids can transmit the disease back and forth, whatever your beliefs are, they are your beliefs. But here's the deal, okay? These are your kids. We had them. They are our responsibility to keep safe, our responsibility to make sure they get what they need, not the schools. The school is going to create rules and policies that are going to be great for them first, All right. I know you think they love our kids, which I'm not saying that educators don't love our kids, but that is an establishment. It is an organization. It is designed to make sure that, yeah, the kids learn that's a service that they offer. But ultimately, they are going to do things that are good for them. They're not considering. And this is just my opinion. They're not considering your family first. It just doesn't work like that. That's your job. Nobody's going to put your unique individual needs before the needs of their own. So don't expect them to. So in this particular situation, these are your kids, their education, your problem. You fix it. You manage it. You control it. And when the time comes, if you choose to send your children back into the schoolhouse then you do that, but ultimately do it based off of what you know is best for you and your family. And while they're at home, while they're learning, you control, you are the parent, not the child. You control what's happening every single day to make sure your child is getting the education that they need in the way that they need it, being present in class or whether you're teaching yourself. All right. This is your job. Nobody else's. All right. So I'm off my soapbox. I hope those things helped. Uh, and I know it sounds like I'm fussing, but you would be surprised at the number of conversations I've had with people or the things that I see with parents now that just want to get the kids back to school. It annoys me uh, beyond measure if you hadn't realized that yet. But anyways, uh, I'm not going there. This is what you can do to prepare to be the facilitator of your child's education as we go into the new school year. I hope they were helpful. If you have any questions, shoot them to me over on Instagram and I'll see you on the next episode. If you loved this episode, Kay wants to know, please subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a five-star review telling us what you loved and what your takeaways were. By leaving your review, it helps us to continue to provide awesome content and book guests that you love and want to hear from. And as a token of our appreciation for your review, we want to send you a gift. Kay's compiled a list of her favorite resources that help keep her balanced, focused, energized, and sane, and she wants to send it to you. To get a copy of Kay's favorite things, leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, and email it to podcast at kaywhitaker.com, and we'll send it right over. It's that simple. Until the next episode, be sure to connect with Kay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at kaywhitaker. This conversation has been great, and we can't wait to see you on the next episode.